This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us this morning. Well, taking a look at some health news, and this is a new study, a new report that was released from the C.D. Howe Institute, and it takes a look at why some parents might choose to not vaccinate their children. And joining us to talk a little bit more about this is Colin Busby. He is an associate director of research at the C.D. Howe Institute. Colin, good morning to you. No, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, tell us a little bit about what this found and how this found uh, why some parents are choosing not to vaccinate. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I think uh, we really took a, a, a broad view in, in looking at, at um, the available data in Canada and trying to understand why uh, we saw quite a number of instances of undercoverage in different communities and different provinces and pockets in the country. And, you know, really what it comes down to it is, is um, you know, uh, th- there's a number of reasons for why um, uh, a lot of children are not fully immunized. And, you know, one of them indeed is uh, concerns around uh, uh, vaccine safety, but really pure anti-vaxxers are a very, very small share of the the overall population, only about 2% of all children um, that we found in the available data in Canada are what we say is unimmunized, so having no immunization, whereas the, the vast majority of, of children that we saw, and even in cases of, of, of undercoverage, were what we say not incompletely immunized or under-immunized in the sense that um, they would get, um, you know, two out of a possible four doses of a vaccine, you know, one out of two doses of the uh, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, for instance, or even... Uh, you know, they might get four out of the five major vaccines um, instead of the whole complete schedule. So a number of, of very interesting findings that, that really, you know, highlight the, the range of, of reasons for why, and it is a range of reasons why children are incompletely immunized. It could be parental complacency. It could be the lack of convenience in accessing providers, having to take time off work to do it. Um, there, there's, there's a vast number of reasons we're really just scraping the surface in terms of trying to, to figure out all of them and how best to, to deal with it. And it does seem interesting that, that parents would get some of the vaccines, but not all of them, because that does show that clearly the parents aren't opposed to vaccines. Uh, but for whatever reason, like you said, they just haven't finished the entire uh, the entire regime of them. Exactly. And, but, but I mean, it, where, where do you see things falling off? Well, you know, um, pater- or, you know, paternity, parental leave ends at uh, 12 months. So, you know, a lot of the vaccine schedules, though, don't finish until 18 months. So that's sort of where you start to see things tail off. Well, what happens? Well, you go back to work, you get busy, um, you see multiple sibling families, you see that the, uh, the you know, anytime there's sort of three children or more in a household, that the um, the youngest children tend not to have a complete vaccination schedule like the other um, earlier children because life's a lot busier, right? And so these things really shouldn't surprise us, and particularly when you look at provinces where, um, or, or, you know, in the case of, of, of British Columbia, it's, it's the um, Vancouver region. Um, when you look at places that, you know, where physicians are, are, are leading and are, and are normally administering vaccines, um, you know, you see, you see some, some challenges there as well. And what, what do we know about, you know, accessing physicians in this country? Well, it's hard to, 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 to book an appointment always. It's really hard to get, get time in the physician schedule after hours or on weekends. And, you know, those are the times which probably a lot of busy parents would find it a lot more convenient to, you know, get their child immunized. And so part of it's just really, you know, us doing a better job of, 
making things more convenient for parents, you know, ensuring that they're not complacent and, and, and you know, that we don't, that kids who do fall through the cracks, um, you know, kids who don't complete the schedule are, are prompted either upon school entry or entry into childcare um, to get things up, up to date. Uh, and was there an issue as well with getting the information? And I was reading in the report that we still don't uh, have as much information in the city of Vancouver, perhaps, than we do in other parts of the province. Well, that's right. It is a very peculiar case, in actually nationwide, in the sense that you know, really outside of the the, the Vancouver region, the bulk of all vaccines and. British Columbia are administered by public health nurses, if not, you know, close to 100% outside the Vancouver region, whereas within Vancouver, it's predominantly um, um, administered by pediatricians or family family care doctors. And, you know, the issue is that although British Columbia does have a vaccine uh, registry, so to speak, which means, you know, something that starts around the time children receive their first vaccinations, um, you know, public health nurses are, enter that information into the registry, but there's no consistent way of entering that information when the physician is administering um, the vaccines in BC in, in the Vancouver region. So, you know, really the data are not nearly as rich in Vancouver, and and they have to be supplemented with surveys um, because the registry data aren't aren't complete, and the, and the survey data are often quite quite poor. It's, uh, um, uh, a number of self-selection uh, issues in those data. So we don't really have a great idea of what's taking place within uh, Vancouver in terms of what the total coverage is. Um, but outside of it, we've got um, quite rich data. It sounds like the system itself makes it or puts up unnecessary hurdles. Like you said, in some cases, uh, there's no reason why a public health nurse can't uh, can't give a vaccine. But in, in many cases, people need to make appointments with their doctors. And there isn't really this network of information sharing. So one doctor or one nurse might know what this child has or what this child needs. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a part of it is, you know, part of it stems from the confusion that, you know, well, Clearly, there are, um, you know, health benefits to getting vaccines, and, 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 you know, we've realized that for a long time. And I think there's a major sort of public health uh, policy innovation, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago was just to make them free. And, you know, that would remove any cost barriers and ensure more timely uptake. But I think as times have changed, I think we haven't fully, you know, taken into consideration you know, what costs look like in today's society where parents are busy and it is challenging getting time off work. These do come at a direct cost to either one's relationship with their employer or their wages, and frankly, you know, the amount of take-home pay they have. So we, we have to do a better job of, of adapting to a, a very different environment today where um, dual and couples are much more prevalent. Um, yeah, big people are much more busy, have, have many things to do. And, and the, the constant reminders of the, um, the dangers associated with infectious diseases just aren't, you know, front and center the way they used to be for, uh, for my grandparents' generation, for instance. And so you start to see that complacency creep in. We have to find ways to, you know, and the majority of parents, and really the bulk of them, don't, like I said, don't have, you know, pure anti-vaccines used. There might be some concerns about safety, but I think with a, a more convenient system, a system that prompts reminders, doesn't allow people to become complacent, that we can achieve our, our, our ambitious targets and, and, and better protect the, the, our children from the spread of infectious diseases. It's just a matter of taking old policies and bringing them up to speed and up to date.
Uh, and it's an interesting point. We don't have polio uh, that we can see. We don't have uh, many of these things that we can thank vaccines for that. Uh, but I wonder if that is part of it, too, that parents uh, get part of the, the vaccination uh schedule and then think it's enough. And again, because we're not often talking about the benefits and the real dangers of not being vaccinated. Yeah, and, and absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a bit of a victim of its own success and vaccination policy indeed. And uh, it wasn't uncommon, you know, for, 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 and you know, but really a lot of what matters is, is word of mouth in the community too. And, and, you know, parents, parents have very big impacts on other parents. And, you know, one can easily sort of think about what things were like for my grandparents' generation, you know, growing up in the 30s. And, and, you know, what it must have been like for, for them to, you know, where, you know, polio, smallpox, I mean, all these things had, had, you know, very clearly cost a number of lives in, in many communities across the country. And uh, without that, and without even just those stories, that knowledge being so front and center, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it is a challenge to, to ensure appropriate uptake. But, I, you know, I think we can do it. And I think that uh, a number of provinces have in place, you know, a system of prompts and reminders that are, are quite successful in their own right. It's just a matter of adopting some of those policies more broadly and more rigorously, I think, um, um, in, in many areas across the country. Well, Colin, thank you so much for joining us and highlighting some of the points in the report. I appreciate your time this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.